Yes, master. Hello there. Hello there. What's up, Forest family? Welcome back to the podcast. If you listened to our previous episode, you know that we are your co-hosts, Mike and Nate Messer, but we also introduced our newest co-host, Uncle. Unfortunately, today, this is one of the rare episodes where Uncle is not able to be a part of the episode because this is a pre-recorded episode that we actually recorded a while back, kind of during our hiatus, and we're planning to uh, drop this episode to have it be part of the relaunch. So you're listening to an episode right now that we recorded where we cover our final thoughts on The Mandalorian. We were doing episode-by-episode reviews, but we didn't really get to finish off the season, so you're going to get more of our thoughts. Nate, tell them what to expect. Yeah, so like Mike uh, had just said, you're going to get a full recap of all of Season 1 for Mandalorian, and towards the end you'll even get a little bit of our thoughts on maybe things to expect, what we might uh, think could happen in Season 2. So we hope you all enjoy the episode. That's right, we're back, and for tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about the Mandalorian Season 1 review. A recap of everything that we saw moving forward with the Mandalorian, and maybe even end it with some stuff that we think will be leading towards season two. Yeah, so if you have been following this podcast since its origin, since the beginning, you will uh, recognize that we took a little bit of time off. Um, Nate started a new job that was taking up some time. We had yep. the holidays, we had a little bit of break, but there are a lot of things that have happened so much in the things. world <laughs> in so the world things. of Star Wars. So many things. We cannot cover them all on this on this uh, one episode, but we will have more frequent, more regular episodes now that we're getting back into the swing of things. Like Nate just mentioned, we are going to be covering The Mandalorian today, uh, a recap of that whole second half of the season, our overall season review, what our thoughts are and where we think it's headed for the future. But some of the things that we'll be getting in later episodes, of course, we had all the buildup to The Rise oh, yeah. of Skywalker, to Episode 9, the end of the Skywalker saga. So we will have a long, deep dive episode into that. I know all of you out there are dying to hear our thoughts. <laughs> You're dying to hear our thoughts. I'm sure all of you have been waiting to think. You saw it three months ago when it came out, and you thought, do I like it? Do I love it? Or do I really love it? Those are the three options. <laughs> but um, So... We will have episodes for sure coming up soon. Probably our next episode will be that Rise of Skywalker, um, that kind of right. uh, close look at, at the film, uh, and a close look at the the sequel trilogy, 7, 8, and 9 in general, and our, our thoughts on that as we move forward into different areas of Star Wars. Um, one of the other things that has happened recently is the big Project Luminous reveal. Luminous. For any of you who have been following the Star Wars news on the internet, and social media, there was a big, uh, big announcement within the last, uh, like last week or so, about the future of Star Wars and a new era of Star Wars called the High Republic. So we won't get into that today, but that is just a little teaser. High Republic, Old Republic, who's to say? Yeah, one's high, one's low. <laughs> we know there's a Republic involved. And finally, currently going on is the final season of the Clone Wars, the animated mm-hmm. show, which. I know Nate, you and I are both really big fans of that show. It started off as kind of a, I would say, more for a younger audience and then grew and grew. And uh, now it's kind of unbelievable how far that show has come. So we'll have a lot of thoughts on the various episodes. And uh, yeah, we'll dive into all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Especially off of the Clone Wars thing. Really uh, patiently awaiting Ahsoka uh, and her storyline that they've obviously made 
her a big part of the marketing for this final season. So interested in seeing where that goes. So like Mike said, we're going to dive into all that stuff as we move forward with uh, getting back to a regular scheduled podcast um, recording and try and get that stuff out there for anybody who's interested. Um, But yeah, let's go ahead and jump right in to The Mandalorian. I believe our last episode we finished talking about um, episode three of The Mandalorian. We talked about the sin. Yes. That was honestly one of my favorite episodes of the entire show because we got to see a lot about the Mandalorian culture and what they bring to Mm -hmm. the table, not just for individually, but how the the numbers that they have and how they have each other's back and... um, yeah, this is the way, you know. Yes, so. that was the first of the two Deborah Chow directed episodes, which were two of my favorite episodes of the whole season. Um, if you've heard the name Deborah Chow on here, uh, mentioned by us before, she is the one who is heading up uh, the Obi Wan series, which will be coming to Disney Plus sometime in the next uh, couple of years. I believe they're filming on that um, either later this year or beginning of next year. So we'll have that shortly. But yes, as we talked about the sin, then we moved into episode four, which. Uh, we did not get to do just an individual review on episode four, but episode four was Sanctuary. And this was the episode directed by <clears throat> Bryce Dallas Howard, um, famous daughter of the you know legendary director Ron Howard. And we saw uh, we saw some ATSTs, we saw um, some some Mandalorian uh, mingling with some villagers some training it was a great episode um very much had a samurai feel to that whole that whole episode so that was that was awesome um we're gonna do just a quick run through just to recap with all of you of just the remaining episodes and then we're gonna get into these deeper thoughts um yep moving on to episode five the gunslinger as much as i love the show i think this is (laughs) i think that this is definitely my least favorite episode of the um of season one of the of the, of the episodes that we have so far, it was directed by Dave Filoni, who I know Nate and I were both big, big fans, fans yeah. of Dave Filoni. He is the one who uh, is responsible for most of the things you see in the Clone Wars animated show. Although he did yeah. co do that with uh, George Lucas and Rebels, and then Rebels was all Dave Filoni. So um, we're big Dave Filoni supporters here. But that episode didn't do a ton to really further the story. Just had kind of a lot of things that people would maybe consider over the top fan service which is okay because i like some fan service but it was a lot of okay cantina here jawa here uh reference here they even made a reference about the high ground yeah (laughs) so it was a lot of stuff that was kind of not (laughs) maybe it was more of the uh i like the idea of what they were doing they wanted a lot of familiar um for those diehard yeah, just, just really uh, have a lot of nods to different stuff, which is which is always great. I like tying in Star Wars to different Star Wars stuff. But, yeah, just maybe the execution. also wasn't a huge fan of the new character in that the, the young hotshot gunslinger was not one of my favorite characters. But I yeah. digress. He didn't last too long. Didn't last too long. Didn't last too long. You know, you cross the Mandalorian, you don't last too it long. It doesn't usually end up very well for you. No. Uh, episode number six, The Prisoner. I like this episode. This uh, is where we saw the debut of Bill Burr in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I love this episode, actually. This was, this was great. They were um, breaking into a security prison. Um, Mando saw his old friend. They get reconnected. Yes. You see there's some, some, maybe not bad blood, but there's... There's blood. Oh, oh <laughs> there's, there's blood. There's blood uh, between see- them, but they're obviously still in it for a job, and 
I like how they say, you know, don't ask questions, just do do your job and yes. you kind of see where that mission gets to go and how his role is on that, especially towards the end of that episode. You kind of see how mm-hmm. they they have this plan of really just backstabbing him the whole time that they were all kind of bittersweet about him leaving their, I guess, their group in yes. the past. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Mando ends up, you know, escaping or... Doing what Mando does. Yes, exactly. Getting out of this situation. <laughs> Getting out of there. One of the fun tidbits from that episode, other than Bill Burr having a big part in it, um, is, and Nate, you and I haven't even talked about this, but one of the High Republic, the last remaining oh, yeah. High Republic guard, uh, was played by Matt Lanter, who, um, anyone who's familiar, again, we mentioned the Clone Wars show a lot on here, just because we're big fans of the Clone Wars. But Matt Lanter is actually the one who plays Anakin in the Clone Wars animated show. So it was funny having him in a live action, um, yeah. which he does a great job in in, 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 uh, Clone Wars. in Clone Wars. It was funny just having a little cameo um, thrown in there. So that was that was great. Moving on to Episode 7, we had The Reckoning. And the way that 7 and I think... Uh, if you have any thoughts on the reckoning, I know we have a lot of thoughts on the last episode. Um, Re- reckoning the next Deborah mm. Chow episode. Oh yeah, um, really was one of one of our favorites. I think of the whole season for sure. This is where we were introduced um, to. Let me see what his official name is on uh, on the Star Wars. Uh, Gus Fring from uh, Breaking Bad. Um, Giancarlo Esposito's character uh, was a great bad guy. New villain came in. It was very. It actually. What's funny is the the scene where they actually shoot through the walls to try to get the Mandalorian is very much Breaking similar Bad. to yeah. the finale of Breaking Bad. We the won't finale, get into yeah. any spoilers for any of you people who have not watched Breaking just Bad the yet. Turrets, just like, but the actual yeah. yes, like just mowing down, um, cutting through the the brick and. Uh, just very, very cool there. And then finally, episode eight, when we were... Uh, Talking about his character, episode eight. Yes. The way that ends. That is... Uh, and the way the season ends. The way Gosh. the season ends. And that's directed, of course, by Taika Waititi. We're big fans of Taika Waititi over here. Um, that's before he became the... <laughs> true. Won an um, Academy Award. Yes, and just recently, I just recently saw Jojo Rabbit. If you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, Taika Waititi is hilarious. Um, both his role in the movie and then obviously writing and directing that film, one of a lot of awards. But, gosh, the way that season one ends, Mandalorian, we see Mandalorian's, we see the Mando's face revealed with his helmet coming off. Yeah. Um, we see we get just, to see uh, IG-11 come back. Yes, come back. And he comes also back and not just hero. comes back, but also kind of makes makes like amends with uh, Mando and his hate for droids. Because even though mm-hmm. he's like saying no, he's programmed to be good. He's programmed to be good. He still doesn't trust him. And then yes. you see how he actually ends up helping him save him, sacrifice right? himself yeah. to to save him and to save the child. Yeah. Um, and of course, the way that episode ends with um. Was Moff Gideon? That was the name I was trying to think of. Yeah, um, yeah, Moff Gideon for uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Moff Gideon's Tie Fighter is shot down, crashes. We're hanging on to the Tie Fighter. Yes, he's hanging. Yes, sick. That whole scene was so well done. Um, but the way that that ends, 
you, you know, the uh, the Mando, they think that maybe he's dead, but us as viewers were like, we haven't seen him die. They haven't shown him on screen die. No. So we think that uh, Moff Gideon's still alive. And of course, last last shot, they cut to him, and you see just a a tip of some of something coming through the side of his burning wreckage of his TIE fighter. And then you see it just slice through a little bit further. And all of a sudden, I know you and I watching it were like, oh my gosh, that's black. That's the Darksaber. It's the Darksaber, yeah. And for those of you who watch Clone Wars, the Darksaber has a lot of Mandalorian culture and lore behind it as a weapon. It's created to... by the Mandalorians. Yes. It's a Mandalorian weapon. But... Yes. There's a, there's a lot of history behind that, and I'm sure they're going to dive into that moving forward. But... Yeah, Mandalorian weapon. It's essentially a lightsaber, but it looks yeah. like a like a sword, yeah, like it looks almost like a, like a machete type of a With type some, of a thing. Some white lightning almost on it. Like. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the brief summary, if you aren't familiar with Clone Wars and you're wondering what that was, is basically, and and I don't know the exact time frame, but back when Mandalorians were. Um, kind of banging heads with the Jedi at that time because the Jedi were trying to create an order around the galaxy that was could, you know, bring peace and protection to the galaxy. The Mandalorians on Mandalore wanted to kind of have their own thing and not really submit to a, a government and just kind of keep their own thing. Not mm-hmm. that they were bad. They just didn't want... They wanted to be, be themselves. Yeah. And in that time frame, the Mandalorians were going, you know, they were in battle with some of the Jedi because they wouldn't submit to... Um, a government to a type of order and that was one of the weapons that they had created for a the ruler or mm-hmm. like the ruler of mandalore um as a way to help kind of counter their um technology their abilities against lightsabers yeah yeah so it's yeah it's it's always exciting when you see some of the animated things cross over into the uh, the live action, mm-hmm. and which we did expect that there would be, we expected there would be names and there would be different things that cross over because Dave Filoni is Vizsla. one of the people. Yes, Vizsla. Um, and so yeah, we expected some of that. Didn't expect the dark saber. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that really caught us off guard. But man, that was an exciting way to end season one. So as we move forward now into thinking of just overall thoughts, big things uh, that we liked, anything we disliked, anything that we thought was unique about the Mandalorian season one. And then also after that, we'll move into some of our thoughts of, you know, what could we see in season two? Where do we think the show is going? Um, I'll start us off just season one. Yeah. Just overall, overall, overall. Um, I loved season one of the Mandalorian. Um, I think there was a lot more. Uh, I love the, the variety of directors that they had come in, but they had a cohesive kind of vision of where they wanted the show to go. Obviously with, with, um, John Favreau heading the ship and making sure that we're still getting from point A to point B and getting where we want to go. Um, I love seeing the different takes of Ta- Taika Waititi has a very distinct uh, comedic taste to all of his uh, just his his comedic sensibilities as a director are great. When you see like the beginning of his episode with the two biker scouts. Oh, that was <laughs> and so their great. handling of Baby Yoda was oh, so funny. Name? Um, that was what well, Jason Sudeikis <laughs> was one of the guys in there. I think he punched Baby Yoda. We uh, <laughs> loved that. Um, but then, I, like we've heard us mention uh, time and time again, Deborah Chow did a great job. 
Um, even though the Filoni episode wasn't one of my favorites, although he did two episodes, he did also the, the, the first uh, episode, the premiere. I really loved it. It was great. Loved it. So I'd love to see more from him. Bryce Dallas Howard did a great job. And there's really just a lot that I loved about where the show is going. I think that one thing that for sure stood out is kind of that, even though they're using brand new cutting edge technology to actually make the show, um, we talk about the void and all of the things that uh, that Favreau is using a ton of breaking technology, visual effects stuff that's just unheard of. It had a very classic Star Wars feel about it, which is really cool. I like the pace of the show where they can really follow the Mandalorian each episode and see where Mando is going. I love Grief Karga so much. Mm-hmm. Grief Karga is awesome. One of my favorite characters. Quill or Quill. Yeah, one of the best. Gosh, Nick I was going to say, before, have we, spoken. before we talk about it, let's just his yeah. character. Man, what a great character. And that ending, too. Poor yeah. guy. Poor guy. So those are some of my brief thoughts. Big fan of the show so far. Um, and just really excited to see what, how it's going to expand some of the lore, some of the Star Wars canon, and see how it's going to. I know it's going to bring in some more familiar characters as well as the show goes on. But as a season one, what a great start and what a way to really um, reach out to even other Star Wars fans who, um, even though you and I love the new Star Wars movies, and we know there's some people who weren't as big of fans of them, but I think a lot of people pretty much across the board are really enjoying The Mandalorian. So, yeah, super excited um, for what we've gotten so far. How about you, Nate? What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, overall, definitely love the episode or the season um, as a whole. Uh, kind of like you, what you said, just all the different directors I thought did a great job. They each had their own little take on different things. So you could tell that they each had their own flavor in, in the episodes that they directed. But overall, they also tied it all together. So you can tell that they had a clear vision on where they wanted this to go. To go. Uh, Filoni and Favreau kind of had a clear vision on, you can tell where they wanted it to go, how they wanted it to end, how they wanted those connections in with the um, kind of Clone Wars, some of the animated stuff, Rebels. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall just really left me excited for season two. Uh, we knew early on it was going to be, there was going to be another season. They had kind of rumored it and it was then officially announced, but excited to see where season two will go. Um, I definitely have a few predictions on what I think, you know, these ties will be in, but just if we're talking about overall experience for, for season one, I mean, it was great. It was everything I wanted really. And how can you not love baby Yoda? Yeah. I do not love Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda capturing the hearts of all Star Wars fans and non-Star Wars fans <laughs> across right. the galaxy. Um, right. Also speaking on Season 2, I think some exciting things for sure is that we have been told that Jon Favreau will direct some of the episodes. Right. Which, he's not, no longer super busy. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm sure he's super he's busy. He's still super but busy, but he was doing... Lion King. He did and, Jungle Book and then yeah. Lion King and was doing all of the... I think he was... Maybe finishing up Jungle Book while writing The Mandalorian and then was directing The Mandalorian while filming The Lion King. So Jungle Book and then Lion King. Um, So, yeah, he's a hot commodity, especially for Disney. And obviously he's done such a great job um, going all the way back to, you know, obviously what he did with starting the whole Marvel Universe with how well Iron Man did. Of course, his chef show, too. His chef show. You can't forget the chef show. (laughs) So... Super excited about that. I know there's also been some rumors of possibly, um, not even rumors, it's been confirmed that George Lucas has been on set of the filming of Mandalorian Season 2 a couple of times. He's been 
shown sitting there with Filoni and Favreau in almost like one of those, it doesn't mean there's a director on the show, but one of those, what you think of like a director's chair, where there's little like folding uh, wooden chairs with a little backing on it. And he's sitting there, it's like the three of them, and they've got their arms crossed, and he's giving notes to some of the actors. Yeah. And just having George Lucas back involved in Star Wars in any way, even if it's not an official director role. Whether you like, like it or not, it's a big deal. As a consultant <laughs> or anything, that's a huge deal. Because that's big something deal. that, uh, even if it's never officially, he has credited in any of the uh, you know, opening or closing credits of the show, he has an influence on it from just even being there. Um, but he appears to be a, a fan of what Favreau and Filoni are doing, and we know he's close with uh, both of those guys from his work in the past. But that's exciting. Then also there's been some news Coming out, uh, we don't know if it's confirmed, but I know that it's been suggested. I think it was the Hollywood Reporter who reported it first. Um, that there's there there's speculation saying that the Mandalorian may be going for five seasons is what they're shooting for. I saw Let's a couple so. headlines about that, and I was like, "That's great! That, that sounds, sounds awesome!" <laughs> five seasons of a Star Wars live action show with the amount of money they're putting into it, and uh, you know that the production is going to keep going up because of how well the season one did. I mean, season one is a big, just like any show, season one's always a big trial run. See how people are going to like it, put money into it, and then if it's a hit and they make money off it, which Star Wars does, um, then they can really keep up in the stakes for season for season two and, and beyond. So, yeah, so excited for where for where we could see this this show going in the future. Yeah, no, that's I mean. That's a great point. Like we said, super excited for what season two will bring. Um, so let's let's talk about it. Let's we don't have to break down what we want to happen, but we can talk about you know something that we may think will happen. Um, I think one thing. I think we're gonna see a little bit more green, some green planets, Star yeah. Wars from episode to episode in their movies. You mean green like a little a little cheddar cheese, a little, little cheddar cheese a little on money? the side, yeah. No. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> some more Beskar. <laughs> it could be a little more green, a little more money spent by Disney to up the ante a little bit. That's true. But literally green planets. Okay, um, yeah. One thing from movie to movie in Star Wars, whether they start on Tatooine, we're gonna, they always move to different planets. They like to show you the galaxy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, lot of desert-like looking planets um, in the first, or first season, season one. So I think we'll see some new planets. I don't see them really staying there a whole lot. I mean, I know we saw a little bit of the um, some some green um, planets with the the whole Walker episode. Yes, um, but mm-hmm. they weren't there too long, right? He the wanted sanctuary. to leave, right? Yeah, he wanted to leave Baby Yoda there. Found out that um, you know he wasn't going to be safe, so he had to leave. So just. I'm interested to see where they're gonna go and maybe how those planets will tie into some of the movies, some of the or the uh, shows as well, some of the animated stuff. So maybe we'll see some planets we've already seen, maybe not. Maybe everything will just be new. Um, but I definitely think with the teaser there at the end with the dark saber, we might see a little mm-hmm. bit more of that into action now that everyone's you know we've had our shock of seeing it. Maybe yeah. we'll see that going into battle. Mm-hmm. Learn um, more of what are they called the purge. The Purge, Purge Find Troopers. out what yeah. actually happened to, to Mandalore. Um, we've seen some flashbacks now of, that was one of the other big reveals of season one, is that the Mandalorian was a foundling. Mm-hmm. And that he did not, you know, he didn't grow up uh, with Mandalorian parents, right. per se. It's a people. Is yes, they exactly. It's a people. It's not um, necessarily blood. It's, it's not, a, yes. It's not a race. Mm-hmm. So it's a... Um, it's one of the big reasons why there's the connection between Mando and 
Baby Yoda. They're both foundlings. And yeah. so Mando was taken in, was raised a certain way. He's the only one there for Baby Yoda with everyone after him. So he's going to take in the child and, and protect him. And um, it's really cool seeing in just, the, in just the arc of the first season, it was only eight episodes, um, how he's already taken on that father figure. Yeah. Um, for uh, for the child for for baby O, so that's exciting. One of the other things we need to touch on before we kind of start wrapping it up here also is that they teased, I believe, it was at the end of the episode, the gunslinger, um, where we had the assassin, the woman who was who was trying to uh, who uh, Mando and the young hotshot gunslinger were were tracking this woman, but after she is killed, we see. Um, footsteps coming up with looked like some spurs on them, and I know a lot of people are speculating who is that. A lot of people are speculating that it's Boba Fett. I've seen a bunch of people mm-hmm. that are speculating that. Um, I do think there's still a good chance that there is Boba Fett tied into uh, this show. I mean, it's hard to have a Mandalorian show when you think of. That armor, you think of Boba Fett, so you know that eventually there's going to be some Boba Fett tie-in. So, I think maybe we could even see a Mando. Maybe, maybe there's a Mando versus Boba Fett. Some sort of Mando having protect Baby Yoda from a Boba Fett who has a bounty out. Like there's bounties out on uh, on Baby Yoda, and who's a better bounty hunter than Boba Fett? And he's kind of ruthless and cruel. And what if you see him having to defend right. our good Mandalorian, the Mando, um, defending Baby Yoda or protecting him or on the run? Obviously, we know he doesn't kill Boba Fett because Boba Fett makes it all the way to Return of the Jedi. Um, but just some fun speculation, some little, some, uh, you know, just fun speculation where you're thinking of where, if they're teasing someone walking up, who could it be? And uh, where's it going? Because we know there's going to be more recognizable characters um, introduced throughout the show. Right. I think. Right. I mean, because we've heard we've heard Boba Fett's not a Mandalorian. Yes. But so he's got the armor. He's got the armor. So does that mean he is actually could be like an enemy of the Mandalorians? Mm-hmm. Or because um, I mean, how could you get their armor with and not be one of them and not be an enemy? <laughs> of yeah. Them? I'm sure they're going to want that back. Exactly. Um, so. It'll be interesting to see that if that actually if that actually is Boba Fett, how yeah. will he tie into the story against against the Mando? Yeah, and there's just it's such a great ripe time period for for new details and new stories to be filled in. Even though we spent a lot of time in that um, in that time period, as far as the fall of the um, fall of the Empire, all all that type of stuff. We know that there's a lot of other places across. One of the things I love about the show is how many different places they've gone so far that aren't Tatooine and aren't Naboo yeah. and all Even these places. They I look would alike, love to it's see still them. Like, they're still different. They're yeah. still different. Um, so they want to give off the same feel, but not be like, oh, they're at the same place. They're at the same place because it's, yes. you know, it's Star Wars. They want it to show how big the galaxy is. Exactly. So we're excited. Can't wait to see. Uh, yeah, where that's where that's going. We love season one and cannot wait for season two and uh, maybe three, four, and five. You never know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. Um, as always, I mean, we're gonna go ahead and wrap that up. We wanted to make just a little recap there. I know it's been a while since we've been 
back on air. So, um, as always, leave your comments, reach out to us, let us know your thoughts, any questions you might have. If you want anything, I mean, we kind of rushed through that recap there of The Mandalorian. So, if there's anything specific that you want us to talk about, um, maybe your favorite moments, maybe moments you didn't, mm-hmm. you know, you weren't the biggest fans of, or just particular things you like. If you have questions about the dark saber, you have questions about, yeah. um, you know, Mandalore, their history or anything, always feel free to reach out. We'll make sure to cover some of those questions in our future episodes before we dive into the main segment of that episode. Also one little update and correction in case I almost messed up the timeline because this show takes place after return of the Jedi and that Boba Fett would still be there. It would mean that he survived the yes. Sarlacc pit. And so he absolutely could be killed by the Mandalorian. I accidentally said earlier that the Mando clearly doesn't kill Boba Fett because he makes it to Return of the Jedi. But this is after Return of the Jedi. So I don't know yeah. what I was thinking. So we don't know what is going to happen with Boba Fett because there really isn't any other canon after that time of when we thought he died in Return of the Jedi. So right. if the he spe- is here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the speculation would be that he didn't actually he die. He didn't actually die Sarlacc and pit. somehow yeah. survived. Um, so yeah, if Boba Fett's there... Means he survived, which well, also let's be means. Honest. I mean, if Darth Maul survived, these guys are surviving. Darth, when Darth Maul's cut in half and he comes <laughs> back, you know that there's uh, a chance Boba Fett could be alive. <laughs> the Emperor comes back. We'll get into that in the next one. So there's right. a lot of different things that are that are possible. Uh, when Spoiler the for- about when the, the Emperor, Force is yeah, involved. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, I know it was three months ago, but <laughs> the uh, so yeah, we are that that'll kind of conclude what we're talking about for the Mandalorian for today. Um, like we said, if you want to, um, you know, subscribe to the podcast, follow us next episode, we will do a nice deep look into episode nine, the rise of Skywalker. And boy, do we have some thoughts on that? Right. Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for hyperspace. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Let's make sure that when we're getting ready, it's for hyperspace. (laughs) Now subscribe and share this podcast with the galaxy and fulfill your destiny. Yes, master.